There's so many great things happening in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's like in the Book of Esther. God has placed each of us in this local church for a time like this. We're just all people, people of God. You know, we're all human. We're all fallen. We're all sinners. I think we put on Christ, we put on love. Put on Christ with us as we learn to witness in new ways, find inspiration in those around us, and look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, our Holy Mother Church, and the shepherds of our local church. Because we're all on a journey. Continue this journey with us now with another episode of Practicing Catholic. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. We're continuing our special show this week focused on the book Cairn, God Moment Stories, from the parishioners of the Church of St. Rita in Cottage Grove. Joining us now, Chris Reckinger, a parishioner of St. Rita, a fifth grade teacher in Hudson, Wisconsin, and editor of the book. Thanks for being part of this, Chris. Thank you, Patrick. It's nice to see you and talk to you. Well, when Father Joppa announced that he was looking for parishioners' stories for this book, just out of curiosity, did a story come to mind right away, or did you have to ponder it for a while? Uh, one, yeah, one came to mind right away. I was working with him on a committee where we he was trying to find ways for parishioners to connect with each other, and we were kind of scratching and clawing different ideas, and this God moment idea came up, and he asked, well, who in this room has one? And I, I, I had one right away and told it to him. And then, great, yeah, it was, I thought of one right away. So. Is it the one that made the book too? Yes, it is. Okay, very good. Well, can we hear it? We'd love to hear it. Yeah, quick version of it. I was in high school. I have a younger brother and an older brother. And, and my dad, uh, he, he's an adventurer. And he's we did a lot of just cool things as kids and and including Boundary Waters canoe trips. And so one winter he decided we should go up to the Boundary Waters and go skiing, my younger brother, myself, and him. And so we left around midnight one night in March of some winter and drove up there, drove through the night so that we could start skiing right away. And of course my brother and I fell asleep immediately and uh, a couple miles outside of Ely, Minnesota, uh, my dad fell asleep as well. Fell asleep at the wheel. Oh. We started going oh, my off, goodness. off the shoulder and uh, started to enter a ditch where we hit a driveway, flew in the air, and landed in a snow-filled ditch on our side of our Ford Aerostar minivan. And uh, wow, my brother cut his lip, and we, other than that, we had some minor injuries uh we climbed out and within two minutes a man came down the road on his way to to ely to do his garbage job he picked us up and brought us into the hospital and my brother got patched up and 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 we all survived to to live another day but uh and we were eventually brought home by my grandpa and my uncle but if you know the road highway 169 going to Ely in the 1990s it is a very it was a very skinny road very hilly very curvy and off the shoulders of the road were thousands of trees and rocks and drop-offs and cliffs and driving through there since then I, I don't know how we didn't go off the road into one of those areas instead we somehow wow. managed to go off the road uh, in an area where we landed in a ditch of, of a, a hay field, one of very few along the way. And I just thought at the time and since there's just something had to be, God had had to have intervened in that moment to make our mm -hmm. vehicle go into a snow-filled ditch rather than into a much harder object that would have probably led to 
more than just some minor injuries. So it, yeah. it's kind of an after-the-fact God moment that, that I thought of. Well, thanks be to God that you all survived and that it sounds like relatively minor injuries and all of that. I mean, we're grateful that you can share that story with us now. And I got to ask, though, how does it feel having this story written down in a book that other people are reading? Does it does it uh, feel is it a privilege to share it or is it a little, uh, you know, is it a little too much information to be be out there? You know, I told it at a daily mass and my wife and daughter were there and my wife knew about the story but my daughter hadn't and so that was really she was really moved by it and then you know I've just had so many people since then oh I read your book I read your story I can't believe that happened to you guys and you know it it is kind of a a, it's a great conversation starter and it's you know it, it was something that happened and it was kind of therapeutic to tell it out loud at daily mass I remember being kind of choked up yeah. at the lectern and looking down at my daughter and you know if things had gone worse that day she wouldn't right. have been sitting there right right good point point. and you're a teacher so has this story made its way into any of your teaching do any of your students know it have you shared it in other venues as well well you know i teach fifth grade and and when you're in high school you don't think about dying and so it was really a wake-up call to me about the fragility of life and that any given moment you 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 can die and so i i don't yeah. try to lay that on real heavy to the fifth graders but i i i try to encourage them all the time to live a full life and be adventurous and mm. be curious and go outside do things do not sit on your devices and your cell phones and your your uh, gaming apps and to that there's just so much to live for and and you know just basically being active and I like to tell them about trips I've gone on. And so I'm always telling them, if you bug your parents enough to go on a trip, you know, they'll take you. There are things to see, beautiful, you know, majestic views in our country and bug your parents and get out there and just experience the world. Um, So I I do a lot of (laughs) preaching about that during, during the school year, so. That's great. That's great. Just in the la- our last couple minutes together here, Chris, I'm also interested in what it takes, what goes into editing a book. So it basically fell in your lap to take all these stories that you're collecting from all these different parishioners there at St. Rita's and Cottage Grove and making them sound good, making them look good. I, I mean, or uh, are you editing, placing different stories at different places? What what all went into editing the book, basically? Uh, we a woman named Alice uh, started editing some, and there's 140 some stories, and uh, she needed a little bit more help. So three of us who had written some decently written stories as far as grammar and punctuation and things, we were asked to help edit, and so we basically went through the okay. books and tried to fix up any fragmented or run-on sentences, you know, periods, commas, that kind of stuff, quotation marks. And to come to a universal, like kind of edit things in unison, like, are we going to spell out numbers, you know, all those kind of rules of grammar and, and things like that. And so we had a lot of meetings to try to get it right and at least make them all look the same as far as, as editing goes. So it it was quite a process, but it, it, it turned out really beautifully. 
And based on your experience with this book, any more editing in your future? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I, I do a lot of editing here with fifth graders <laughs> writing, as you can imagine. But, you know, you never know. I can't imagine. Yes. <laughs> well, Chris, it's been a real pleasure having you on the program. And uh, thank you for sharing your God story with us. We'll look for it and um, so many others, too, within Cairn. Um, we're grateful for your time. And I'm also grateful that you're a teacher. Uh, oh, hey, hats you. off to our teachers. Thanks for teaching fifth graders there in Hudson. We're really appreciative of that. Thanks, Chris, for being on Practicing Catholics. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Thank you, Patrick. God bless you, too. Take care. Bye now. Hey listeners, it's producer Kayla Mayer filling in for host Patrick Conley. Chris had some help editing Karen, God Moment Stories, and joining us now is Becky Fox. Becky also had a story featured in the book, and it is quite personal. Thank you for joining us, Becky. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, so to tease your story a bit, your God Moment happens after your brother was involved in an accident. Did you know immediately that this was the story you wanted to share in the book? Well, actually, when Father Mark started talking about you know, stories that we should, you know, be thinking about God moment stories. I had a few different ones, but this is the one that I thought, you know, this is what I'm sharing. I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of butterflies in my stomach. Like, this is the one I'm going to share because mm -hmm. um, this happened when I was 15. And so it was probably one of the first times I really realized that God was present and in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love your description, too, of the butterflies in your stomach, because I feel like that's an experience that everyone has in relation to um, the Holy Spirit, or not necessarily that's how you experience him, but have an experience similar to that. So I love that physical description of the moment um, that Father Joppa asked for the stories. And can you share the story with us? Sure. So it was, it happened a long time ago. Like I said, I was 15. My brother was 13 and him and one of the neighbor boys had gone fishing. And yes, he was driving. Uh, we grew up on a farm, so everyone drove really mm -hmm. young then. And mm -hmm. he was coming back for dinner, lunch actually, I guess is what we call it here. <laughs> um, and he, there was a cat in the middle of the road. He swerved to miss it, got hung up into some gravel and overcorrected and rolled the vehicle. And um, the neighbor boy walked away without a scratch. And he really didn't have that many scratches either, but he had hit his head just right and um, was paralyzed. And I, of course, didn't know that. I was at home. I was waiting for my mom to get home because, ironically, I was going to go take my driver's test that Whoa. day. Oh, no. <laughs> the written part of it, yeah. you know, the worst part. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and so the neighbor boy came in looking um, rather shocked and wondered where my parents were and there was like a flurry of activity of calling them and um, the, he said that an ambulance was on the way and I was just irritated you know I yeah. was really gonna mess up my plan <laughs> mm -hmm. for that day and so I didn't really even ask him until a little later like well is he okay and he said well it's his legs and so then my mom and dad came home and they were just rushing around and my dad had been bailing hay so he had to take a quick shower and they were rushing out the door and he turned around and he looked at me and he said stay by the phone we don't know if he's gonna live and that's when things got real you know mm -hmm. it was then I became scared I was like are you kidding me like this is not just an inconvenience this is this is a problem here and so my God moment really happened when my neighbor lady who lived right across the road from us out in the country um, she showed up and I don't really know we we've actually talked about it like I don't even know how she knew 
you know, this was before cell phones. This We had a party line. Mm-hmm. She probably knew because we had a lady on our party line that always would listen in. And <laughs> she, that's probably how she found out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she was a nurse. She was a mom of four little kids. And she was there. Mm-hmm. And she... I was so nervous to answer the phone and the phone just kept ringing and ringing all afternoon because like I said, there were no cell phones. So, you know, with people wanting to know what was happening, my other, I have two other siblings, they weren't home, they were calling, you know, and, and I just couldn't answer the phone because mm-hmm. I was so afraid it was going to be my, one of my, either my mom or dad saying he was dead. Mm-hmm. And so Kathy would answer the phone and then in between she'd pray and she'd pray out loud. I'm like, who does this? You know, it was, I grew up in a home. We went to mass every, every weekend. We, you know, we had all the sacraments, all of those kinds of things, but we just didn't pray like that. Mm -hmm. And so to hear her praying, you know, for, for him not to, you know, to live and God's will be done. And it was just very comforting Mm -hmm. in a really stressful afternoon. Yeah. And then many hours later, my dad came home and he looked, he was just crying, which, you know, that's that's hard in itself my my German father did not cry yeah and so um I thought he I just blurted out like is he dead because he wouldn't say anything and he's like well no but he might as well be Mm -hmm. and then I well what does that mean you know and he was paralyzed and he was Mm -hmm. paralyzed from the waist down so he's a paraplegic and um I was just like oh thank god like we've been praying that he wouldn't die Mm -hmm. you know and so I felt like prayers were really answered and, um, you know, there's, uh, it completely changed my brother's life. It radically changed my life and my, the life of my whole family. But there were so many God moments from that moment on. And so many people showed up mm-hmm. to be there for us. And, and, you know, my brother during that really stressful, stressful time. Yeah. So. And what an experience to have at 15, too, I feel like. I love the way that you tell the story too, because me as a 15 year old, I'd be worried about my writing test too. Like my darn brother got into the, like he was messing around and like- Wrecked everything. Yeah, completely not (laughs) take the gravity of the situation. Um, And it's so beautiful that your neighbor was able to be there with you too, and to have that support. Because again, being 15, like that's such, that's so much going on and so much to be afraid of and yeah. yeah. It was very scary. It was a very scary situation. Um, perhaps had my dad not sounded so serious when he walked away, I wouldn't have even thought anything of it. You know, mm-hmm. it was his legs. Oh, he broke his legs. Mm-hmm. But it was much more serious than that. Yeah, yeah. And the role of your father in it all, too, definitely makes a difference of him not only saying that as he's leaving, but to see the emotion on his face coming mm-hmm. back. Um, I feel like in the Midwest, we have this tradition <laughs> of very strong, no emotional fathers. And so it's very... It's jarring to see that as a child and to kind of realize um, the humanity of your parents and of your family. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how that experience has shaped your faith life going forward? Yeah, I mean, it really was the turning point. I, ever since then, you know, I, I would, you know, I'd pray before, but it was like, oh, I pray that, you know, this happens or that happens or, you know, I find the right outfit or, you know, something mm-hmm. so important when you're 15. Right. <laughs> uh, but after that, it was it became an everyday prayer thing. Um, I, I really learned how to pray, how to talk out loud, how to right. how to argue with God or tell God what was really happening. And mm-hmm. uh, but I also learned 
um, how to um, be filled with gratitude and thankfulness and um, that God is here and present and with us. And sometimes that's a person. Right. Sometimes that's a smile, a note, a a small thing. You know, I know some people have shared stories where it was like a moment in time that just they felt God or heard God or something. But sometimes it's just it, it really is a person that is sent to be with you for the day or for a minute or or whatever. So I really feel like it's shaped my faith life because it was a turning point. It mm-hmm. was the time that I realized yeah. that God is here for us and with us every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I love your reflection on the different ways that God can reveal himself to us and in your story. It is through another person and um, my hope is to be that person for someone else too and maybe I'll never know it, but I hope that you know, maybe we all can be that person for other people too. Absolutely. Well, Becky, I'm so sad to say we are out of time, um, but thank you so much for joining us and sharing the story. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Follow us on social media at Practicing Catholic Show to see what's coming up next. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode of Practicing Catholic is released. Go